Okay, welcome guys. We're going to get started. I know uh, there may be some doorbells at my house here, so don't let that uh, interrupt you. But anyway, I wanted to just really share um, really what I started last week, just, uh, you know, in this turmoil. Um, what does this all mean? What does this all mean for a true believer and uh, somebody who believes in the goodness and the grace of God? And it's really good, guys. It's really good. And so uh, we're actually just streaming from home. I made the decision just because so many people don't understand the kingdoms within. So we didn't meet in the church building. And I was talking to Jeff Forrest earlier and uh, makes a lot of sense. He said it's time for people of grace to show grace. And that's what we're trying to do. I'm trying to balance everything, guys. You know, uh, uh, I, I have zero concerns about Corona for myself, for everybody that understands. And and we're not rookies at this is probably the best way to share this is is really once you get it, once you get what true prayer is, and and we'll go through a lot of the scriptures of what it all looks like and and different things like that. But uh, it's really pretty awesome. And so a couple of things first, I just want to share with you for um, some of you guys know our, our friends, Matt and Deanne Ward, they live right down the street too. And, and uh, we just got in the mail for all of you guys that uh, give to Freedom Ministries, where you can do that on freedomministries.org or inspire100.org, inspire100. Um, they sent us our uh, little girls that we sponsor. And this is, I'm probably going to butcher the name, Salami. And uh, this one is D Daddy. Is that how, do you remember? That's how they said it, Sweetie? Daddy. And uh, really this whole thing was started years ago, Inspire 100, um, when we heard that, uh, we had some friends going into um, some countries around Thailand and and uh, they called and they said, hey, you know what? The warlords are letting us in and eight-year-old virgins are being sold for $3,000. Can you help? And I don't know, Angelique was probably about that age at the time would be my guess. And we said, you know what? Yes, of course, we're going to do that. So uh, this is this ministry is, is, um, is, I know Matt and Deanne have supported this for years, and it's the Joy to the World Foundation, Thailand, and that's really preventative. Where a lot of these girls that are at risk, or whether their parents were, uh, you know, willing to sell their kids, or their parents were messed up in drugs, whatever it might be, is uh, they took them in, and they now what's really cool, which I love, is they take them in all the way through college if they want to go to college, and so um, instead of selling these these little girls. This, this ministry, I guess, takes them in and, and uh, just takes care of them all the way through college, which I love. And so I just want to say thank you to all you guys that give to Inspire because uh, that's a big, big deal. They just sent us that. So yeah, that's what that's all about. So, all right, let's, let's get into this a little bit, um, just what this all is. And so I'm going to share my screen, and you should be able to see that, I think. So hyperabounding peace, health, and abundance in turbulent times. And so can you really um, can you really prosper if you get laid off? That's an interesting question, isn't it? And so, or can you uh, can you live in complete health, even though you know we see all this everything going on? And, and I would say absolutely. And so I'm going to go through a couple of scriptures with you. And really where I got the title, hyperbound. You know, Paul in the book of Romans says this, he says, when, when sin abounds, and that sin is just missing the mark. And so Jesus said, he, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And so even if there's things going on on the outside, um, you know, people diagnosed, et cetera, 
is you can live in total peace. You don't have to have any fear about it. And like I said, we're, we're kind of, we've done this a lot <laughs> with incurable diseases, um, traveling overseas in places where it's just not a thought process to us, to be honest with you. And I would just encourage this is don't think about anything you don't want to experience in your own life. And so Lynn's over here nodding, right? Because we've all experienced this is where people go, I don't know how to meditate or I don't know how to pray. I go, yeah, you do. You're really good at it. Most of us meditate or, or roll over in our mind the wrong thing all day. What could happen? What would happen? What, what happens? And you can feel it. You can start to feel anxious. You can start to feel um, anxiety. You can start to feel fear, all these different things. And so anyway, I just want to encourage you through all of this is you can live through all of it. You know, uh, it's fascinating, a testimony uh, last week in church, uh, a friend of mine, I think about a month ago, he came and, and he said, hey, did you hear? And I said, no. He said, oh, I got laid off. And I said, oh, no problem. I said, see yourself making more money being laid off than you were even with a job. And I know that sounds crazy, but uh, that's, that's how the spirit works. That's the spirit, what we dwell within. The father sees what we do within in the secret place of the most high. And what we do in the secret place, he makes visible to all is what he says. And so anyway, uh, that was maybe a month ago. Is that about right? You know what I'm talking about, sweet? Yeah. He didn't give me the permission to say his name, but um, I think he's probably okay with it, but I'm not going to so that I didn't get it personally from him. So last week in service, he goes, I made more money last month without my job. I said, I know. It's just, it's how it works if you, if you think on the right thing. So I would just encourage you, instead of being fearful of Corona, if you've got laid off, um, don't dwell on that. Go within. You know, I, I was thinking about uh, some of the scriptures where Jesus is talking about. He says, consider the, the lilies of the field or the birds of the air. They don't sow nor reap. They don't put anything in barns. They don't prepare for a rainy day. They don't do any of that. Yet the father feeds them. Are you not more important? We have a bird feeder out here that we love to watch and all the birds and they're hanging out. and It's kind of funny to watch them. Uh, but that's really true. Are you not more important? Hey, listen, nothing surprises him. One of the famous things that we love to say is there's no emergencies in the kingdom. Um, God's not surprised by anything. So you shouldn't be surprised by anything because you're one. And so anyway, let's just go through a couple of things here. Um, so Psalm 91, a lot of you guys are familiar with this. And, and I would just encourage you, um, take your mind off the media, take your mind off, uh, off uh, dwelling on what could go wrong. Oh my gosh, I could run into somebody that has that has the virus, that has this, that has that. And, and I would put no thought process into that, to be honest with you. And I know I'm kind of in the minority here, but this is really real stuff. So, you know, Jesus says the law of the Psalms and the prophets are written about a new truth that, which is his relationship with you and I, but let's just read Psalm 91. I, I, I paraphrase this, but this is really all of the beginning way back in Genesis in the garden narrative where he says, I've preserved a way back into the Garden of Eden. And if you look at that word Eden, it's delight. It's, it's like the Psalm 37, 4 and 5, like how a bride, how a husband who loves her bride would, would pamper his bride. It's dainty. It's delight. Um, I like to describe it as 600 count Egyptian cotton sheets at the Broadmark, right? So you know, it's, husbands want to just treat their bride correctly um, if they're a good husband. <laughs> and if not... Guess what? See your husband as doing that. See yourself in that relationship with that. And you watch what happens. It's miraculous what happens. And so anyway, Psalm 91.1, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high. Uh, well, I didn't finish that. So let me, so Genesis 1, where, or Genesis, where he says, I've, I've preserved a way into the garden of delight, into earthly pleasures. And it's between the cherubim 
the flaming sword. And uh, Eden, actually, as I've shown you in Hebrew, is three Hebrew letters, ayin, delet, nun. And uh, so this, the entrance into earthly pleasures, delight, daintiness, um, into the garden. We've all had heard these pictures of this beautiful situation in the garden. But the, the Hebrew word uh, Eden is ayin is being able to see, so you're not blind or you're not in darkness. Delet is the doorway. And noon is seeds of life. And so really what that means is when you see seeds of life in the ground, which later we're going to talk about the parable of parables, he says the ground is your heart and it's the magnificent power of God. What, what you do within is exactly what's going to experience without. So uh, he says, that's the way in. And so when you see perfect things, beautiful things, things that are lovely, things that are pure, when you dwell on, I'm not going to worry about coronavirus. In fact, if I've had an illness, what I'm going to start seeing myself is being more vibrant, being more whole, being more joyful through all of this. And you're going to be the light, guys. People are going to go, why are you so happy? What? How come? In fact, when we were at Walmart today, the lady's like, she's wiping off the cart and she says, uh, uh, would you like a clean cart? I said, I'll take a dirty cart. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Let all the other people have a, a, a dirty cart or a clean cart. I, I really don't. And I'm, and I, that's just how we live and you can live that way. That's what's the amazing part. So anyway, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. And I've included a picture, Chris Abate and I were talking about this day, I've included a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. And so when they're, when they're, the instructions in the old covenant are given to Moses and he says, what you've seen in the heavenlies, you know, build to this design. And uh, he says, I'm going to meet you between the cherubim where the sword is. And I don't have time to get into what that sword is, but it's actually beautiful. In the Septuagint, it's, it's uh, to turn back within yourself to your original design, like the prodigal son, turning back to his original design. And I've heard all kinds of crazy things. It's, it's yelling scripture. It's knowing the word. It's praying in tongues. It has nothing to do with any of that, guys. So, but, but I don't want to get into that. Um, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. So when you, he goes, I'm going to meet you between the cherubim. Now, if you know, the Ark of the Covenant was in the holiest of holies in the temple. And all of that are types and shadows of good things to come is what Jesus says. So anyway, so the good things to come in the new covenant, we see Jesus, Paul, the New Testament writers say all of those pictures of the temple where the holiest of holies is, is you and I, God's highest creation. It's man. And so where he's going to meet you is between the cherubim. And if you look at it, our brain is, is, it's the same root as we have two halves of a brain called cerebrum. And they're like featherly like creatures. It's really a fascinating thing. So where is this secret place of the most high? Jesus says the kingdom's where? Within. He goes, it's the father's great pleasure to give you the kingdom. And he goes, it's within. And so here's what he's saying. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely. When scripture says surely, we should say it's surely. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly plague. That means Corona. That means anything. He will cover you with his feathers under his wings. You will find refuge. This is all reference as to this Ark of the covenant, these winged creatures. That's a type and shadow of really the divine temple. You and I, though a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, no harm will come near you. And I just skipped down to verse 14. Cause I love this because he loves me. I will deliver him because he knows my name. And that really means, guys, it means, you know, when you know you're surnamed, when you know you're born from above, when you know you're a joint heir of Jesus Christ, I will protect you. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. So never have to worry about uh, if you pray, is he going to answer? 
and you know, I've seen so many stacks and stacks of books and how to pray and, and use it from people who have no idea how to pray, you know, just in our experience and for doing this and some of the biggest ministries in the world. And I don't say that lightly, you're giving all these books and everything else. And we've just been behind the veil and, uh, privately, we we're just talking about this today. They would never say what they say to us privately on stage. They act like one thing. And then all of a sudden behind the scenes, they're like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. And, uh, I'm really struggling with this stuff. And it made us kind of feel good about ourselves actually like, wow, we're not, we're not as messed up as we thought. <laughs> so, but it really, it caused me to really dig deep and go through all of this stuff. What I'm sharing with you tonight to go, well, what is the truth? If these guys don't know the truth, what is it? And what I'm sharing with you tonight is real guys. It's uh, like I said, these people are miraculously healed. They're, they're, they're getting laid off from work and still making more money. Um, you know, relationships are divinely restored. It's pretty awesome. So because he loves me, I will deliver him. No questions. Because he knows my name, I will protect you. He who calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will show him my Yeshua, which is salvation. So that's, uh, I, I love this stuff. So anyway, the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the wings, guys, is right within you, your divine heart and mind. So let's continue here. And so uh, just a little <clears throat> refresher from last week. You know, Jesus talked about the kingdom over and over and over and over. So I just want to share this with you. And a lot of people are still looking for an earthly kingdom. They're looking for, um, uh, I hear a lot of this and, uh, and they're doing it with the right intention. They go, God's got this. Have you guys ever heard that? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of you guys are going to, you're going to be thankful that there's others out there that know how to pray <laughs> because he's given the earth over to the dominion of man is what it says. And so uh, a lot of times people that have that attitude, well, God's sovereign, God's, God's got this, et cetera. You let life happen to you. And one of the greatest things you could ever realize is he's given you the kingdom. And so a lot of the scriptures, I, you can go look back last week, but he says, hey, fear not, little flock, because it's the father's great pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so here's Mark 4.11. To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. And so I like to share it like this is... Uh, um, Evan, like your generation, it's like to have the hack, right? And whether it's a movie, it's like the shortcut, right? Yeah. So if you wanted the hack of all creation and God was giving you the hack, would that would not be something that interests you? It would be. And so here he says, Mark 4, 11, to you has been given the mystery. It's really the word mysterion, a secret, um, but it's made known to us. So this mystery of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside uh, get everything in parables. And so Think about this. The mystery of the kingdom is within, but those who look at everything on the outside with their physical eyes and ears are going to miss it, is what he says. And I'll go through that a little bit because they're still waiting for some God outside of them somewhere off in the distant heavenlies to come how and take care of the situation. And guys, the, the most radical, wild thing you could ever understand is he's made us join heirs and given us dominion over the earth is what it says. And so that should get you really excited. But anyway, that it's given to you the secret of the kingdom. And that, that word is basilia. And I just pulled it straight out of Strong's and Helps Word Studies, guys, if you go to BibleHub.com. And it says, kingdom, sovereignty, royal power. So let's read it like this. God has been given, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom, his sovereignty, and his royal power. So his sovereignty, the kingdom, and his royal power has been given to you. But everybody who looks at life and lets life happen to them with their physical eyes and ears, are outside. And so 
the royal power is within what you plant in your heart comes forth. And we'll go through that a little bit more here in Mark four. So uh, let me, let me just go through this here with you a little bit. All right. So I'm going through uh, Mark four and uh, the parable of parables. You know, all of you guys know it. It's the, the sower sows the word, but then he explains it here, right? So I'm going to start uh, Mark four, verse 26. And he was saying the kingdom of God, we know the parable of parables. I didn't include all that, but he says this as he says, uh, um, he tells them, you know, some of the, some of the seeds fall on rocky soil and the cares of this life and different things like that. But to those where the, it's good soil and believe what he says, it multiplies 36, a hundred fold. Now the disciples are still going, what is he talking about? So Jesus says, he goes, you know what, with, I, I speak in parables so that it's prophesied in Isaiah that people will be hearing, they'll hear with their, their outside ears, but they won't hear what I'm saying. And they're going to see everything, but they're not going to truly see within. Uh, they're blind is what it says in scripture. They can't see what's really going on. And so he says, but the ones who hear and see what I'm telling them within, it's going to have a dramatic effect. It's going to have a powerful 30, 60, 100 fold effect. And, uh, and then he tells them, they go, what, what, what's with all that? And he goes, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand any of the things I tell you, which is what I find, you know, when people just take the scriptures literally and not look for the parable in it when Jesus is talking and then the old covenant. So anyway, so he says, hey, you know what? The, here's, here's the mystery. Your heart is the soil. Your heart is the garden. And whatever you plant there will return. And so then he down, if we get to verse 26 here, he says this the parable of the seed. And he was saying the kingdom of God is like, so it's not exactly, this is a parable or a metaphor and allegory is what he's saying. The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. So you can imagine a farmer, he gets to choose what seed, right? So then we're good farm kids. So my wife is too, she just had a winery. So they planted grape seeds, vines. I guess, vines. Yeah. We plant, what did you guys plant? Hay, corn, wheat, corn. corn? Yeah. So I'm, I'm one of these times I'll, I'll, I'll wear my flying corn cob. Mm -hmm. DeKalb corn yeah. from Iowa. It's, a, it's the supernatural coin cop. So, <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm wearing my Yankee shirt. So you can be solidarity with me to pray for major league season to start. So I'm <laughs> starting to get depressed. I got to start to plant the right seeds in my heart. And so, anyway, so uh, uh, anyway, so here's what he says, the parable of the seed. So these are parables. It's not the real thing is what he says, but it's like this. So the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. So think about this, guys. He uses very easy things to understand how the kingdom of God works. If, we, if you're a farmer and you plant corn, what kind of a harvest do you expect to get? Corn. You get to choose the seed, though. That's what's amazing. So if you, if you plant seeds of fear of coronavirus, what are you going to get? The coronavirus. It's really an interesting thing. And that's why it says God is not mocked. He's within you. You're going you're gonna to harvest what you plant. He goes to bed at night, gets up by day, meaning he's not adding anything to this seed. He planted it and let it alone. And the seed sprouts and grows. How? We don't know is what he says. He himself does not know. Verse 28, but the soil, which he says is your heart, produces crops by itself. That is the, the most wild thing you could ever get. First the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits... He immediately inputs his sickle because the harvest has come. So here's what he's saying. You get to choose what you want. It's not going to be by struggle or by strain. The power is in the seed. And whatever, whatever you plant in your heart, whatever you believe in your heart will grow with or without any other uh, effort on your own. 
It's not by power or might, it's by the spirit. That's one of the most radical things you could ever hear. Now, I want to share something. I shared this last week and Chris Obeda and, and Doug Bishop and I were talking about this, this during this week. And this is from uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. If you want to go look at, uh, a lot of you guys know I love science. I, I've always been intrigued by neuroscience. I've always, um, I've always known that it's basically within, even from a young age. And I don't want to rehash all that, but I, I didn't know what sickness was because we didn't have time to be sick and we were too poor to be sick. And it wasn't until my brother married my, my poor uh, sister-in-law that I realized people were sick and had allergies and stuff. I had no idea that that was even real. It was, so it was a mystery to me. As, in fact, my, my, uh, my sister-in-law, so my grandparents were dairy farmers. So imagine this. Dairy farmers, it's dairy, it's milk, it's cream, it's cheese, it's, it's all these things. So there's a zillion cats around. Aren't you ever been like cats all over your farm? Yeah. <laughs> so and she goes, I'm allergic to milk and cats. Now take a kid who all his whole life is not around anybody who has an allergy and not around anybody who's sick. I've never even heard of what a, an allergy is, a, aller, allergic to something. And so I, I remember being puzzled. Just I must have been about six years old going, how does that work? You you you're allergic to milk and cats. Like that's my whole life. <laughs> it's really, it was this bizarre thing, but I had no context of it. I had no seed planted that that could ever happen. And so anyway, here's Carolyn Leaf. So here's what she's saying. And uh, you can go look at uh, uh, Dr. Braden. You can go look at, um, you know, I love Joe Dispenza and becoming supernatural. Uh, I might share some things here, but this is, um, this is a, Toxic thinking wears down the brain. And basically they're talking about bad thoughts wear down your DNA and actually deregulate or shut down parts of your DNA that, that uh, create immunity. Now, if, if toxic or bad thoughts can wear down your immunity, could good thoughts increase your immunity? Of course it could. And so here's what, here's what he's saying. And the study is called uh, Local and Non-Local Effects of Coherent Heart Frequencies on Conformational Changes of DNA. Here's what all that means is um, when your heart and mind think on the same thing. So that's what he's talking about, coherent heart frequencies. On conform conformational changes of DNA, the study showed that thinking and feeling anger, fear, frustration caused DNA to change shape according to our thoughts and feelings. The DNA responded by tightening up, becoming shorter, which this is key right there actually, switching off many DNA, eight DNA codes which reduce the quality expression. So we shut, we feel shut down by negative emotions. Our body feels this too, but here's the great part. The negative shutdown or poor quality of the DNA codes was reversed by feelings of love, joy, appreciation, and gratitude. Doesn't this sound like Philippians four? Yeah. Be anxious for nothing. That means not coronavirus. That means you not got laid off. That means nothing. That means nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, what Paul says is make your request known to God. And we'll show you how to do that so easily, guys. Basically, when you just imagine what you want your life to look like, healthy, vibrant, whole, uh, abundant, your heart reproduces that all by itself. It has to. That's what's so fascinating. But let's listen to this. The researchers found that HIV, so this was a study on HIV positive patients. The researchers found that this could be coronavirus, this could be HIV, you know, I, I think most people would be more concerned if they were diagnosed with AIDS than they were with Corona, but leave it at that. Researchers found that HIV positive patients who had positive thoughts of love, joy, appreciation, and gratitude 
and I wrote this in my email last week, <coughs> their immunity didn't go up 30 times. It didn't go up 100 times. It didn't go 300 times. It didn't go up 30,000 times. It went up 300,000 times. So it's very real what Paul's saying. He goes, guys, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Make your prayers and supplications known to the Father. And the peace of God, the unity, the, the, the entwinedness, the wholeness, the fact that you're one with the Father, you're a joint heir of Jesus Christ, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds, is what it says. That's where our divinity is, guys, is our hearts and our minds. And then he says, now think on these things, things that are lovely, things that are pure, things that are of good report, things that have any virtue. So I wouldn't spend a second worrying about, um, oh, man. See, I don't want to step on toes, but this is so real, guys. Is Do you want your immunity to go up 300,000 times? I kind of do. I kind of do. I kind of want to live without it. If we're, if I'm a joint heir of Jesus Christ, I can't imagine Jesus Christ walking into a, a, a place with a mask worried about coronavirus. I just can't see it. You know, my nephew's laughing, but like, but see how weird we get. And this is, and that's why I'm not trying to step on toes, but this is very real to us is uh, this is, well, his dad was diagnosed with incurable cancer. Not one person's ever lived, but now there's one. Mm -hmm. And guess what? His wife, his kids, Barb, everybody focused on what the end result, what we wanted, not rebuking the enemy, not rebuking Waldenstrom's disease, this form of cancer, not any of that. In fact, what he said is he said, I saw my, my daughter because he was, his wife was pregnant with Evan's uh, sister here. This is, I saw me walking down the aisle with my daughter. Now, what you picture in your mind, the father sees within and brings it without. We know not how. You can just rest. That's how prayer works. So is that cool or is that cool? I think that's cool. So anyway, then he continues uh, the parable of the mustard seed. He said, how shall we picture the kingdom of God? So he's talking about the kingdom. Remember, the kingdom's within. And he's already given you the secret of the kingdom, that what you believe in your heart, you're going you're gonna to see in your life. So how shall we picture the kingdom of God, or by what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed, which when shown, sown upon the soil, though it's smaller than all the seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. So here's what he's saying. That, that little seed, um, and I wouldn't focus on the size, you know, mustard seed faith, all these different things. What he's really trying to show you is you might think it's not anything. Like, you mean I have a positive thought? I see I see my life how I want it to be? That seems like nothing. That doesn't sound like anything. Because, but that's enough. You just see your life how you want it to be. And somehow, just like the mustard seed, it fashions itself into this beautiful thing. From that little tiny seed, this huge structure comes about, and you get the harvest of what you planted. So verse 33, with many such parables, he was speaking the word to them so far as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable. So guys, when you read Jesus's teaching, unless he's talking to the disciples, exactly explaining what he's doing, here's what he says. He did not speak to them without a parable, but he was explaining everything privately to his own disciples. So when you see Jesus speak, if he's not talking privately to his disciples, what's he doing? He's talking about parables. And I've seen so many mess this thing up so badly because they're like, see, Jesus said, I'm like, you're seeing, but not seeing. You're hearing, but not hearing. You're reading it on a surface level. And you're going to miss the beauty of it. So uh, let's now let's continue down where Jesus stills the seed. Now, 
the picture I got growing up guys was, was, was charismatics running around screaming at the ocean or screaming at the tornado that's coming or isn't that what everybody's <laughs> laughing here? Isn't that what we were taught? Yeah. Wait a minute. Was Jesus speaking in parable or was he not? I think he was probably speaking in parable. If the kingdom's within, it has nothing to do with you yelling verbally at a storm. It has nothing with, with you physically, outwardly, because the kingdom doesn't come with observation is what it says. So it doesn't come from, I bind you, devil, speaking to Corona, and your heart is totally fearful. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus said. He goes, hey, you've done all this stuff thinking that you're doing it for me, but your heart is so far from me. You're missing this thing. So let's read this. This is actually beautiful when you understand it. On that day, ooh, what day? He says on that day a lot in scriptures, right? In John 14, he says, on that day, when I send my spirit, you're going to realize I'm in you, you're in me, and we're one. And that spirit is not one of fear where you ever have to fear me because fear has the idea of torment. That spirit is one of power, love, and a sound mind. In fact, in that day, when you when the Holy Spirit reveals that you're a son and daughter, of the father perfectly loved what's going to happen you're going to cry out daddy not this distant fearful angry god you're going to realize in that day i've gone from the old covenant of death which brings death to a new covenant which brings life and so um i'm not sure who's that phone that is can somebody go turn that off yeah there you go so uh it says on that day evening came so darkness comes right evening what happens when the sun goes down there's so much going on here, guys. This is actually Jesus descending into the depths as well. Everything going on. But here's what he's saying. On that day when evening comes, darkness comes. He says to them, let us go over to the other side. That is a huge thing right there too. The book of Hebrews literally means the crosser overs. So if we look at all through scripture, when, uh, when, when the Israelites are freed from Egypt, what did they cross? The Red Sea. They crossed the sea. They crossed... They crossed this turbulent water, right? But it stood back. And it says when the when Jesus, when the Ark of the Covenant and the high priest stepped into the River Jordan, the flood waters backed up all the way to a city called Blood Man, the first man, Adam. Isn't that wild? So these are all types and shadows of good things to come. So when when uh, when we look at the first five books of the Bible, it's called the Torah. It's you know, Math or Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. If we look at Yeshua 1, which is Joshua, so it says, Moses, your servant has died. Now, Yeshua, what are they going to do? They're going to go to the other side. They're going to go to the other side of what? The River Jordan. So they always have to cross turbulent waters because it says it was was up to flood stage at those times. So there's, there's this idea that the turbulent waters, the sea, was always where chaos comes, where always darkness comes. In fact, it was actually the underworld where death was. And so that was all the myth of the Middle Eastern writers at the time, that the great dragon, everything was in the sea where, where you, we don't know what happens there. You, you die there. and We have no idea. It's a very scary place. And so called the abyss. It's called Hades. It's called the underworld. It's called Sheol, all these different things. So he says, let us go over to the other side. So when the Hebrews crossed from the old covenant to the new covenant, they went from death to life. Anytime they crossed over to the other side, they saw a great light. They realized, oh, there's no judgment. In fact, there's no death. We go from death to life, from the old covenant to the new covenant. So there's a, I'm just showing you all the different types of shadows in here, guys. So leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat. Now, do we, do we remember anybody else in a boat? 
Noah's Ark, we see Moses. In fact, it's the same Ark, if you go look at the word. And so we cross over, it's turbulent waters, right? And so <clears throat> he was in the boat just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the, the boat was already filled up. I, there's some really cool Greek in there too, but I don't have time to do all that tonight. So Jesus himself was in the stern. Now, where were the disciples at this time? Outside, looking at the storm, looking at the turbulence, looking at uh, Fox News going, we might have X amount of viruses or whatever. They're outside the boat. Now, where's the kingdom? Inside the ark, within the divine hearts and minds. So Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. I'll, I'll show you what this means in a second. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind. I better go through this now. So Jesus was in the stern asleep. And that, if you can go look it up, that word asleep is rest. So he was within resting. He's resting in his heart and mind. He's taking his, his physical eyes, his physical ears off everything that's going on in the natural world. And he starts to see what he wants his life to look like within. You know what? If I get laid off, if this happens, I'm going to enjoy family time and I'm going to make more money. Thank you, Father. And the Father sees what you do within and brings it out with, without. That's the secret of the kingdom. You know what? I, I was already struggling with this sickness. Now that the world is, is worrying about this other thing, I'm going to get more healthy through all of this. You can picture whatever you want. That's the amazing thing. You get to choose the seed. And so that word asleep means rest and on the cushion. Now, if you go look at the cushion in Greek, it literally is for the head. So Jesus was in the stern, in the ark, in the boat, above the, the tossing sea, resting his head. And it's it's pro kalaf. I don't want to get into all the Greek, but it's pro, like pro something. I'm pro this. I'm for this. And uh, kalaf is, is for the head. And so Jesus was himself. His rest was in his head is the whole thing here. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care where we're perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind. Now, this, this is really interesting. The wind, and I just pulled this straight out of Strong's and Helps Word Studies, guys, right off the internet, so you can't get upset with me. So the wind is the word animos. It's 417, Strong 417. And here's what it says, literally, the wind, semicolon, figuratively applied to empty doctrines. Now, that's interesting. So if the kingdom's within and you're going to experience what you believe within, he's not screaming, which I've seen a lot of people do, screaming at the wind and screaming at things and yelling. And so that's not what he's saying. If you understand, he's talking in parable here, guys. You got to go into the. He goes, without a parable, I speak not. And only in parables I speak so that people who think they're hearing, they're, they're yelling at the wind, they're missing the whole thing. They're probably not at rest at all in their mind. He got up and rebuked the false doctrines, the empty doctrines within. And he said to the sea, and it's the Greek word talasa, it's Strong's 2281. The sea, it's, it's, it's called the sea because of its tossing and turning, turbulence. Isn't that interesting? So where does he do this? He says, hush and be still. And the wind which is the empty and false doctrines died down and became perfectly calm. So how do you do this thing? Jesus goes, it's within the king of God within. Hey, you know what guys relax you little flock. 
It's the father's great pleasure. So if he's got great pleasure, I mean, think about the most pleasurable things you can imagine and then magnify it because he says it's the father's great pleasure to give you the kingdom. And that's his royal rule and power, his reign within. Isn't that cool? So here's Jesus. He's in the boat. He's got his physical eyes off coronavirus. He's got his physical eyes. What his checkbook says, he's got his physical eyes, whether um, the economy's doing this. He's got his physical eyes, whether the government's going to step in here. He's, gonna, he's got his physical eyes off. Uh, dig you well before you're thirsty. I'm just trying to hit sacred cows here. Um, I'm, I'm, he's got his physical eyes off, whether he deserves to be blessed or not, because let me tell you about the father. <laughs> the prodigal comes back and he says, put the royal ring on the robe of right. The best robe is what it says in the, and the slippers because slaves, Moses had to take his shoes off. But in the new covenant is what it says, as great as John the Baptist is, every one of you in the new covenant is greater than he. So in the new covenant, Jesus says, let me tell you the real heart of the father, put slippers back on. You're worthy to stand in the house. Come in and feed on the fatted calf within, within the house and enjoy everything I've freely given you. So you take your eyes off that. You see exactly what you want to see, knowing that the father sees what you do with them is going to bring it to pass. We know not how without your struggle, without your strain, without you spending hours in tongues, without you doing any of this stuff, getting into something more, doing something less. It's not how it works, guys. The kingdom is within and it's effortless. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. In fact, here's how easy it is. Focus on what you desire your life to look like. Focus within the ark. And the father sees what you do within. It'll bring it to pass. We know not how. Is that cool? And by the time we get to the end of Revelation, where it says the, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, by the end it says, and the sea was like glass. So you guys have all like grew up water skiing right in the morning and right at dawn when this when the lake is like glass. Isn't that the time you're like, oh my God, look at that. It's just peaceful. And it says, and the sea was like glass. In fact, it says, and there was no sea. There's no tossing. There's no turbulence. There's nothing. There's just shalom. There's peace. Amen. You guys got it. Yes. All right. So let's finish this up. Okay. So how do you do this? Oh, it's so simple, guys. It's so simple. So I just put, took some notes. This is just kind of repeat from last week. Take your eyes off the media of, I put it so off. There's another F there. Symptoms, facts. The art of faith and prayer is to know that the pictures and words you form within your heart and mine is the creative power of God. In fact, one of the greatest things I love by one of the, the spiritual guys I, I love, it says this, it says, most men are totally unaware of the creative power within and bow before the dictates of facts and accept life on the basis of the world without, meaning what you see out here. But when you discover the creative power within yourself, you will boldly assert the supremacy of the pictures and the words you tell yourself within. And all things without the physical world, what you're experiencing, are subject to it. <clears throat> the divinity within your hearts and minds, basically what you picture and what you tell yourself within, not screaming at a storm without, I just added that, is the creative power in man. There is nothing under heaven that is not plastic as potter's clay to the touch of the saping spirit within. Is that good? So the art of faith and prayer, and here's what he says is, without faith, it's what? impossible to please him. Art and faith and prayer is to know that the picture and words you form within your heart and mind, that's the Ark of the Covenant. I'm going to meet you between the cherubim. Lord, teach us how to pray. And what does he say? 
he, that's where we get the Lord's prayer. Lord, teach us how to pray. And so he's talking to his disciples. So he's not, he's probably not talking in parable there. Cause he says to, when I'm talking in the multitudes, I'm talking in parable. When I'm, when I'm with you guys, I'll tell you what's really going on. And so he says this, he says, don't use a bunch of words like the religious people do. Cause they think they're going to be heard by what they say on the outside, but he tells us to do what, but go into the house, go into the, the stern of the ship, go into the Ark of the covenant, go within. That's where he's trying to tell you all these, all these pictures are to go within. It's not external. It says go within into the closet and the father, which sees what you do in the secret place. Where's that secret place? We just showed you in Psalm 91. It's between the cherubim, our cerebrum, our, our divine mind, those wings of the, the cherubim. And what you picture in there, the father sees what you do within. And we know not how, but exactly what you picture there, he'll bring it to pass so you can be a joyful bride. Is that cool? That is so cool. So, Dwell on what you desire your life to look like. Now, here's what's interesting. It says, that seed will come to pass. We know not how. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn. But you will get what you plant in there. That's the secret of the kingdom of God. And that's the life hack of, of all scripture. It's the life half of Jesus. It's the life half of the kingdom that he's given you. So dwell on the what you desire your life to look like. It will absolutely come to pass. It doesn't matter about the economy. I just wrote, regardless of the economy. It doesn't matter whether you're laid off or not, because that's something external, isn't it? It doesn't matter if the rest of the world is in fear and chaos and, and, uh, and none of that matters. He says, whatever you go within, just rest within and see the life you exactly want. Oh, you know what? My kids are healthy. I see them vibrant. I see them, I see them graduating from high school. I see them graduating from college. I see them with their, with their husbands and brides. I see them 30 years from now at family reunion. Corona, the furthest thing from our mind, we're just dwelling within. And what you picture will come to pass. That's what's so beautiful about it. So I just wrote, here's really in the morning, in the evening for a few minutes. And this is where the science comes in is you can do it throughout the day. But in the morning and evening, and science is confirming this over and over and over. You go through this, this brainwave state called theta. And that's why you know, you've seen King David um, at night and and. Uh, in, the, in those times where he's meditating is what it says. He's meditating on the good things of God. He does it at certain times. And that's just the fastest way because you go through this brainwave thing called theta where your heart, it gets planted in there easily. And you don't need to, to do it for a long time. You don't need to use many words like Jesus says, like religious people think, let's start the prayer group and pray for 10 hours. Guys, that, that's a waste of time. Sorry. Would you ever do that to your wife and kids? If my kids said, dad, I'm hungry. You know what? You need to go create a prayer chain and pray and fast and pray in tongues for two hours and seek him. What? No. A good father's like, of course. I, in fact, I've already filled the fridge for you. Everything I have is yours. Does that make sense to you guys? And that's what he's trying to tell you. He goes, I've already done all this. So I just wrote this is get a picture of what you want your life to look like. And, uh, you know, you can repeat some things to yourself. Some people are more visual. Some people are more verbal. But I just wrote this as, ah, if you can rest yourself when you start to get anxious, when you start to get your focus off the wrong thing, oh, my gosh, you know what? My neighbor was diagnosed with corona. You know what? 10,000. Every neighbor in, in Monument, Colorado can get it, and my family's going to walk right through it. Because I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to go within. And I'm going to see my family whole. I'm going to see them vibrant. I'm going to see them full of health. 
And uh, I'm going to see us getting great deals because everybody's just scared to fly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see us getting great deals in New York. In fact, I'm looking at going, praise God, man. Everything's getting cheaper. Uh, but it's, what a sweet deal, you know? And so uh, just say this to yourself. I'm so grateful because gratitude is the fastest thing. In Philippians 4, it says, with thanksgiving, gratitude. Oh, thank you, Father, that you're good. Thank you, Father, that you withhold no good. Thank you, Father. It's not a struggle. It's not a spiritual war. We have to battle some defeated thing. That's just shadow boxing. I'm so grateful for God's goodness. My family, my community are living in love, divine protection. His riches are overflowing in our lives, emotionally, physically, financially. Everything's working in my life. It feels so wonderful, and I'm so grateful to live in this love so we can be this divine giver. Because love gives. So we can freely give and always have more than enough for ourselves. This is being planted in my heart, and the mystery of his love within me will never fail. Whatever I plant there absolutely produces in my life effortlessly. I'm so thankful for that. Thank you, Father. If you can just kind of dwell on that and meditate on that in the morning and at night, or whatever picture you have of what life's what you really, really want in your life to look like, that's some awesome testimony to share next week. It's just awesome. Like crazy stuff, guys, that don't make any sense. But he goes, you know what? All things are possible to him who believes. Just see it in your heart and minds and I'll bring it to pass. Don't you guys want to live like that? So I just want to say thank you. This is how it works, guys. For all that you give to Inspire and Freedom Ministries, you can can give at freedomministries.org or inspire100.org. Just thank you. And uh, we were talking about this in 2 Corinthians 9. Is how, How does he make all grace abound? And this is what's really fascinating. What Jesus says, he gives a couple things. He goes, you know what? If you've done it to the least of these, if you've given them a glass of water, who have you done it to? Everyone, him. He goes, I'm in everyone and I'm in everything. And everything you see, there's not anything created that's not created from me. So his divine substance, which is perfect love, is in every atom. It's in everything that's created, as Colossians 1 and John 1 says. And so here's this mystery that he's not a slot machine. that If you do this, if you do that, but he says this. When you give, God makes all grace hyperabound. How does he make all of his grace? Because every atom in the universe is in divine love. And guess what? When you when you <laughs> love is responsive. When you give into divine love, what does it do? All grace has to respond back to you. So you'll always have more than enough for yourself and everybody else. That's how he lives. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. So God bless you guys. Hopefully that helps. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow night, 6:30 Mountain, 8:30 Eastern. Freedomministries.live, freedomministries.live, not a word here. And we do an online fellowship. Well, you can see here, uh, it's on Zoom, so you can ask questions, et cetera. But hopefully it helps. Hey, you can hyperabound because it says when men are missing the mark, which is called sin, by where Paul says in Romans 5, no matter what's going on, we're missing the mark, we're, we're worried about corona, the world's shutting down, et cetera. Guess what happens? My grace hyperabounds. You can actually prosper be in more divine health, be in more joy when the world seems to be going crazy. Amen. God bless you guys.